0: Welcome into the show for today, everybody. Thank you so much for being here with us. This is a Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today, and I am your host, Joe Orico. For those of you who have not already done so, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Orico 99 That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O 99. Hit the follow button over there and you get links to my shows as soon as they go out every day. You also get my threads. Some of them go out once a day. Some of them go out weekly. Other random thoughts, things like that. So go ahead and follow me on Twitter. And while you're listening, just scroll down to the bottom of whatever service you're using to get the podcast and just leave a nice review or five-star rating. That will Those things will both help us to move up in search results and help the show to be seen more. So if you are listening on one of those things, which I mean, if you're hearing me talk right now, you're using one of those apps, just take an extra couple seconds, uh, help the show out and give us a five-star review. That would really be helpful. We're going to try and give you a bit of a shorter show today. Uh, games start early today. I think this First game is at 12.40 p.m. Eastern Time, so 9.40 for you guys on the West Coast. We're going to try and get through this pretty quickly. We're going to try and give you a quick recap of yesterday, and then we'll give you a quick rundown of today. So let's start off with uh, the first game of yesterday's doubleheader, which was the Braves and the Mets. Uh, I was expecting a little bit better out of David Peterson. He wasn't bad. Um, I did stream him in one or two spots. He went five innings, had four hits, uh, three earned runs, six strikeouts, and three walks. Not a bad outing from him. I was hoping for a little bit more. Um, the Matt Olson three-run home run certainly did not help. That was the main stain on the line for him there. Uh, but he's not—he's not a bad guy, David Peterson. I understand he's probably going to be dropped quite a bit today. But holding on as a back end of the rotation guy slash spot starter guy, he might not have an every every time through the rotation kind of role. But I think there's still a decent chance that he has some value. I mean, he's pitched 19 innings this year. The ERA is under two. He's not been he's not been terrible. Uh, the one thing that has been a little bit concerning is the walks. He has eight walks already in 19 innings. Not a crazy high number, but something to keep an eye on. <clears throat> in deeper leagues, keep him, hold him, see how much more uh, value you can get out of him. If you streamed him for yesterday and you're in a bit of a, a shallower league, then I understand sending him back to the waiver wire. Charlie Morton on the other side was not particularly impressive over five and two-thirds. He gave up six hits, five runs, four of them were earned, and he struck out three while also walking three. He's been very disappointing this year, Charlie Morton, but you kind of just have to hold on for now. Uh, you probably used it a, not a terribly high pick, but high enough that you wouldn't want to draft him, uh, to drop him just yet. So hold on, try and get one or two consecutive good starts, and then try and sell him after that. That would be my recommendation there. Uh, Like I said, there was the Maddelson home run. Other than that, not too much to worry about. The second game of the doubleheader was a 3-0 Mets victory. And Carlos Carrasco got right back on form that he had in those first couple of starts. Eight innings, six hits, no earned runs, struck out five, walked two. Very surprised that he was able to have this good of an outing. Um, He's someone I talked about being early in the year as kind of a sell high, and then he had that bad start, so it kind of took away the sell high. Now maybe you can you can sell high on him again. Uh, he's 35 years old, so I mean he's not. He's he, he has been a very good pitcher in the major leagues for a long time, and he's shown pretty good signs so far this year. So I understand holding him, but I also would understand trying to sell him and maybe trying to get someone a little bit younger that you're a little bit more sure of because he has good numbers to this point of the year. You could definitely justify it to people you're trying to sell him to that he's worth uh, <clears throat> worth taking on. I just don't know if people are going to be biting, specifically because of his age, and also because there is so many arms there in New York that if he has a couple of bad outings in a row, uh, he, he could very well lose a rotation spot. I don't think that's going to happen, but you mean, I mean, with McGill and Scherzer, um, if Degrom comes back, that's another arm. Peterson, there is a lot of guys over there in New York who are worthy of starting games, so I don't think it'll be that bad for Carrasco. I think that he'll keep his rotation spot, but. I would I would probably be looking into trying to sell him at this point. I think that would make sense. Let's keep it going with the Diamondbacks and the Marlins. It was a 5-4 Diamondbacks victory, another victory for them. Trevor Rogers had another disappointing outing. Now he had a decent one before this against uh against the Nationals. He had a decent outing, and now against Arizona, he's had a poor one again. He drops to one and four on the year. So through four and a third, he gave up six hits, five earned runs, and struck out four. You can't do anything with him, similarly to um, to Charlie Morton. You can't sell him, really, because you're not going to get proper value back. You're obviously not going to be dropping him just yet. Well, maybe it's not obvious, honestly, after how bad he's been, but you're not going to be dropping him yet. Hold on. like Similar to Morton, right? Maybe wait, if you're not sure of him this year, wait until there's a good couple of starts in a row and then try and sell him. Because if you sell him right now, you're not going to really get anything back for him. Uh, On the Arizona side, Humberto Castellanos, who's not someone I really ever typically advise to use here. He had a good outing. Over five and two-thirds, he gave up four hits and struck out four. He's not going to be anybody who has too much value. I don't think I would leave him on waiver wires, but file it away as a nice start, and we'll see uh, how he does next time out. Not somebody I'm really too interested in, but file it away for later. Uh, The Rangers and the Phillies is the next game. It was a 6-4 Rangers victory, and we had John Gray come back and not be... Terribly impressive. He didn't have a terribly long leash either. He only went three innings. Uh, How many pitches did he throw? He threw 60 pitches, so they're still just working him back here. Uh, He gave up five hits, three earned runs, struck out three. If you have John Gray, then I'd probably hold. Uh, If someone else dropped him, I don't know that he's someone I'd go and say he's a priority add. I think he's going to do all right this year, but... He's not anybody who's going to make too much noise on the fantasy side, I wouldn't imagine. He's, he's a better real-life guy than a fantasy guy for the Rangers, I think. Uh, on the other side, on the Philly side, Ranger Suarez. We talked at length about him yesterday, about how I loved him last year, how great he was down the stretch for me last year. First as a closer role, and then as a starter. He has not really had it so much this year. Not great strikeout numbers. Uh, he had five runs here. Three of them were earned. So, I mean, it did kill your ERA. Only three strikeouts, uh, six hits. He's pitched into a 4 ERA to this point. And there's a chance that last year's end of the season run was kind of just a miracle stretch and that he's not going to repeat that. I think it's a fairly likely chance that that's the case. Uh, it might be a little early to move on from him, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't really get mad at you too much if you did honestly I, I I like him a lot I like him a lot and I think part of that is because of how good he was last year I'm still kind of attached to who he was last year but he's not really been that guy this year so far I would understand moving on the twins and the Orioles is the next game here and this one was a little bit of a surprise for me Joe Ryan I thought he would do quite a bit better than he did over four and two thirds he gave up six hits two earned runs and struck out three He was, I believe, the most expensive pitcher on the DFS slate last night, and I was expecting a bit more out of him, honestly. I mean, quite a bit more than this, Uh, especially the three strikeouts was not very good. He did come away with a no decision, and the ERA didn't get roughed up too bad. Obviously, two earned runs over four and two-thirds isn't going to kill you. But we would have wanted quite a bit more from him, for sure. We would have wanted quite a bit more. Uh, On the other side, Bruce Zimmerman was pretty good. You know, he's been pretty good every start this year. Five innings, four hits, two earned runs. He struck out four. He's not going to be someone who blows you away, but he's been a very serviceable, rosterable player this year so far. Uh, I would go ahead and add him if he's still available because he's done this against the good teams and the bad teams. He's had a good start against the Yankees. He had a good start against the Angels. Uh, Two good starts against the Yankees, really. The second one, it was no earned runs. He gave up four runs. None of them were earned, so... Maybe it's a little bit of a deceptive line there, but a good start against Milwaukee. He's done pretty well against everybody. I, I feel very comfortable going and adding him up. Uh, let's keep it going here. I want to try and give you guys a shorter show today because the game starts so early, so we're trying to get through this pretty quickly. 4 uh, nothing Red Sox victory over the Angels is the next game we'll go over. And Michael Waka, it wasn't yesterday. It's going to happen. He didn't get knocked around just yet, but it will happen. He went five and two-thirds, three hits, uh, two strikeouts, two walks. Despite it being a nice line, it's kind of unimpressive at the same time with just a couple of strikeouts. He's someone who I'd probably be trying to sell high on. So he's probably not going to be someone you can sell on his own. You're going to have to package him up with somebody, do a little two-for-one. But there's definitely value to be had there now that's not going to be there in maybe even a week from now or two weeks from now, depending on when eventually he implodes, because he will. He absolutely will. I would try and sell him before that happens, because it has been several good starts in a row now. The ERA is at 139. I would try and sell him. Uh, on the Angels side, Noah Syndergaard was pretty good as well. Not a lot of strikeouts, though. Um, this game didn't feature a ton of striking out. Over seven innings, eight hits, uh, three runs, they were all earned, and struck out three while walking one. Syndergaard has had a very good year. He's been a very serviceable fantasy option. You probably didn't have to spend too much to draft him, so if you have him or if you did pick him up in a shallower league and he wasn't drafted, then God bless, uh, he's looking like a really nice option. Despite getting the loss here, he's looking like someone who's going to be fairly valuable going forward. Keeping it going here, we have the White Sox and the Cubs. It was a 3-1 White Sox victory, and Michael Kopeck didn't go quite as deep as you would have wanted here. He only went four innings, and he threw 83 pitches, so I mean... You understand him being pulled there somewhat. I would like to see guys go deeper into ball games this year. And we'll get into that in a minute with the Blue Jay game. But uh, only four innings you would have liked to see him go a bit deeper. Four hits, five strikeouts, no earned runs. He's another guy who's been a very solid asset this year. Liam Hendricks did get another save. So uh, probably at the end of the worry line for Liam Hendricks, hopefully. Uh, He has some back troubles. He blew a couple saves. But it looks like he's... Back to Liam Hendricks. We'll we'll see. Maybe give another start or two to fully confirm that. But I think I think we're all right with Liam Hendricks. Uh, on the other side, Drew Smiley was supposed to get the start, and he was I forget why he was uh, scratched here, but they ended up going with Scott Efros. He went an inning in a third, two hits, two runs. They weren't earned either of them, and they ended up going with just more of a bullpen day. Uh, a bullpen day. Uh, yeah, pitching using five guys. Uh, none of None of them are going to have much fantasy value this year. Kind of tripping over my words there. Only three total strikeouts for the Cubs of White Sox batters today. There's a couple of games like that across major leagues where there were just no strikeouts to be had, which is a little bit strange because of how the season started early on with everybody striking out. Let's move on. Brewers and the Cubs. It was definitely a good day to own Brandon Woodruff yesterday, despite him giving up the three runs. He went 5 and 2 3 got the victory in strikeout 12. Really good stuff out of Brandon Woodruff there. Looks like he's probably going to be just about back, he said, hopefully. He said tentatively. Uh, he didn't have a good start against Pittsburgh last time out, but hopefully he rides the momentum from this start and continues to do well. Uh, ERA is still at 5-1-8 on the year. A little bit concerning, but hopefully we will get it down. Josh Hader had a bit of back tightness, back spasm so Devin Williams came in and got the save here. Uh, he threw a scoreless ninth, giving up uh, nothing actually, just one strikeout. On the Cincinnati side, this is where the disappointment really gets me. Tyler Molly, Tyler Molly is someone I talked about yesterday, and I mentioned on Twitter as being someone who's you know he's due to turn it around. The advanced numbers are very good for Tyler Molly still, and three and a third, four hits, four and runs, two strikeouts, three walks, just unimpressive really unimpressive and he's going to fall into that same category as as a trevor rogers and as a charlie morton because you can't sell him right now uh according to yahoo and this is pretty ugly looking but tyler molly is the 999th ranked player to this point that's that's terrible that's that's just brutal era over seven uh is two years in a row, Cincinnati, a Cincinnati pitcher has kind of burned me because I don't know how many of you guys drafted Luis Castillo last year. I thought he was going to be the Cy Young in the National League last year, and then he really burned me. It appears Molly is doing the same kind of dance this year to this point. Hopefully he turns it around. The advanced numbers aren't terrible. They're not great uh, if you look at his uh, stat cast numbers. They're all right. The velocity's down. Everything else is not too bad. So I'm thinking he'll turn it around still, but I mean, Jesus, right? (sighs) He's really been really been a disappointing guy to roster, and I understand how frustrating that's been. There is some sunshine on the horizon though, in the fact that he gets the pirates at home on Sunday. That I mean, if he doesn't do well there, then we're really I'm gonna be really worried. I'm not too, too worried right now. I mean, I'm obviously not thrilled, but I think it'll be all right. I think he'll be okay. Obviously concerned, but I think we'll be all right in the end. Uh, Next game was the Royals and the Cardinals, and Brad Keller continues to impress over six and the third. Four hits, no earned runs. Granted, only two strikeouts and three walks, but he did get the victory. Another shutout performance for him. He's been really impressive despite having low strikeout numbers. He's almost been like a Zach Grinke 2.0 kind of guy. Similar kind of numbers for them this year, both of those guys. Kind of the lone bright spots of their team uh, on the on the pitching side. He's someone who should be rostered, Brad Keller. Absolutely. At this point, five starts, and I think they've all been reasonable starts. There's not been one start that has been bad. Uh, you can argue maybe the Seattle start, four and two-thirds, three earned runs, but that's not really bad. That's... It's not great, but it's not it's not bad, right? He's someone who you should go and add if he's available. That was, those kind of numbers to this point of the year, even if you add him and pull this verboten move of maybe trying to package him into some into some kind of deal and trade him, I, I would understand it if you already have him. Maybe try and trade him because it's probably not going to be quite this good all year. But he's not someone who should just be floating around on the waiver wire, serving nobody any purpose. I don't I don't understand that at all. In pretty much every league, he's going to be someone you can roster at this point. So go ahead and add him. Uh, A bit of good news also for the Royals. So a couple pieces of good news. Uh, MJ Melendez had his first career Major League game, had a base hit. He's an interesting option in two-catcher formats. His playing time might not be great. In deeper leagues, go ahead. Obviously, in Dynasty leagues, he's already rostered. But I think even in redraft leagues, there might be some outside shot of value for him. And it would have to be deeper formats or two catcher formats. But I do see him having a decent chance at having value. He's a massive power threat. And The other nice piece of news for Kansas City is Bobby Witt Jr. hit his first career home run yesterday. He's really starting to turn around at the plate. Uh, I saw he was actually dropped in a few leagues. Not a lot of leagues, but earlier in the year, some people actually dropped him. Some people used him with a pick in the top 100 or so and then got frustrated and dropped him. I. Again, who knows when you're looking at those Yahoo numbers how serious the leagues are sometimes. If it's if they've been dropped in a free league, if they've been dropped in a money league, you're not really sure exactly. Can't imagine too many people in money leagues were dropping uh, Bobby Witt Jr. But now, uh, if you did draft him or if someone else dropped him and you picked him up, <clears throat> this is going to be a good time to roster him because he's really starting to pick it up and settle in in the major leagues. Let us look at the St. Louis side. Dakota Hudson was not bad over six innings. Uh, the nine hits is definitely not great, but only three earned runs. He's someone who I've said can be a back-end-of-your-rotation guy this year, and I still stand by that. I think that there's he's not going to be a great option, but I think he's a decent option to hold going forward. The Astros and the Mariners is the next game. 4 nothing Astros victory over the Mariners. Christian Javier, very good stuff from him. Five and a third, two hits, no earned runs, four strikeouts. Absolutely, while he's in the rotation, he should be rostered. He needs to be on rosters. And congratulations, by the way, Dusty Baker on 2,000 career victories. I'm not a big Astro fan, but yeah, shout out Dusty Baker there for sure. That is a huge milestone. I think 12 managers have done it before, I think. Uh, so really really cool stuff from him there. Pretty much guaranteeing his spot in the Hall of Fame. On the Seattle side, Chris Flexen was also fairly decent. Through five innings, only two hits, one earned run, struck out two and walked three. He's another guy who can be a back-end of your rotation guy to help you with ratios and give you the odd strikeout. Not going to give you a ton of strikeouts, but he's an he's not a bad back-end guy. The next game in the Nationals and the Rockies, I was expecting Eric Fetty to get knocked around quite a bit, and I talked about it on DFS today. He had a good outing, surprisingly, through seven innings, six hits, only one earned run. He struck out three and walked two. Uh, I'm not making any kind of fantasy move on Fetty at this point, mostly because his track record plus his bad team, not many win opportunities. I'm going to be leaving him alone for now. Um, a couple of guys I mentioned who were a good plays for DFS yesterday, though, were Juan Soto and Josh Bell, and they both hit home runs. So that's nice. It's always nice to be validated a little bit. Herman Marquez, on the other side, went five innings. It was a night to forget for him. Ten hits, seven earned runs, five strikeouts, two walks. Now, we spent a good amount of time talking about him yesterday and how he worried me with this start, but how I thought, in the end, he was probably worth it because it's a two-start week, and the second start, I believe, will be coming against the Diamondbacks. So, you know, if you used him, you were burned a little bit, and there was that risk going in. We did talk about it. There was a chance you were going to get burned by him. If you have him, I'd probably hold him through that Diamondbacks start. I understand a frustration drop as soon as the clock struck midnight or, or three o'clock, depending on where you are. Uh, but I think I'd probably hold him for the Diamondbacks start and then evaluate from there because he's not this bad. It was a tough home outing for sure. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna probably be holding on for another another start here. The Rays and the Athletics was the next game. 10 7 Rays. I thought we'd get a little bit more out of Paul Blackburn. He went four and a third, six hits, three earned runs, struck out five. Not a terrible outing by any stretch. He's still someone I think you can roster. I don't think it's uh, egregious to roster him at all. Through 24 innings, he's got a 2.22 ERA. He's done well against good teams. He's done well against bad teams. He's a very decent option. Lou Trevino was really the bad guy here for Oakland. He came in and absolutely imploded. I don't see him having much of a... Future as the closer here. He has a couple of saves this year, but this is a really bad outing that might just lose him the job for good. Uh, completely possible that they just go with Jimenez full time with Danny Jimenez, who has been a pretty strong ad uh, through ten innings, hasn't given up any earned runs. He's saved four games. He's been a pretty strong ad. On the Tampa side, Ryan Yarbrough. I said I was going to be ca- uh, be cautious and wait on him, and he went two and a third, gave up five earned runs, struck out two. You need to wait for guys to get really stretched out before they have any kind of fantasy value, and absolutely the case here. He wasn't going to be able to go deep even if he was pitching well. He threw uh, 56 pitches. For now, I'm probably going to be leaving him on waiver wires. I understand picking him up, but I don't really recommend it. Only one more game to go over now because there were a couple of postponements. Uh, Padres, Guardians, Pirates, and Tigers. And those guys will both play doubleheaders today, I believe. Um, Pirates, Tigers play a doubleheader, and Padres, Guardians play a doubleheader. Yeah. So the last game we'll look at is the Dodgers and the Giants. It was a 3-1 Dodger victory. Thinking I was going to have a very good pitching matchup coming in, and it was a very good pitching matchup. Julio Urias... Went six innings, six shutout innings, four hits, four strikeouts. Really good stuff. Craig Kimbrell finishing off with a save. He's, like I said yesterday, he's going to be a Cy Young candidate this year. Urias, no problem there. No problem thinking that's going to be the case. Carlos Rodon was not quite as sharp as he had been, and I had uh, more so on the DFS Today pod. I talked about how he was a little bit of a risky option uh, for DFS yesterday because he'd kind of beat up on bad teams to this point of the year. I was a little worried And he might not be the greatest play on the daily side. In a season-long format, you'll take this. It's fine. Definitely not. um, I'd say it's probably his worst start of the season so far, which is really saying something, only giving up two earned runs. I mean, the three strikeouts is very low. He's been getting eight, nine, ten pretty much every time out this year. Nothing nothing to do here, right? Obviously, it was a tough matchup against the Dodgers. This is about as well as you're going to see anybody do against the Dodgers. Um, you'll, You'll see the odd better performance, obviously. But this is a very solid outing against a tough team on the road. So no problems uh, with Rodon there. That is going to do it for the recap. Let's look ahead to today. The first game is, actually, I forgot one game, my my Blue Jays. I didn't go over the Blue Jays. Quickly, we'll talk about the Jays. So it was a 9-1 Yankee victory over the Jays. It really was not shaping up that way. The Yankees put up 6 in the 7th and 2 in the ninth. Alec Manoa was brilliant over six innings, only giving up three hits. Uh, An Aaron Judge, Homer, was the only blemish on him. Striking out seven. I wanted him to go back out there for the seventh inning while I was watching this game. They went with Adam Simber, and it imploded. Then they went with Julian Merriweather, and it got even worse. So, unfortunate. Really unfortunate for the Jays there. They did not have a great game, and they have not been very good this year so far, honestly, the Jays. I know the record says otherwise, 15-10, and 10, but I'm telling you, as someone who's watched quite a bit of them, they're really not performing up to standards this year. The defense, the offense, it's not It's not been there. On the Yankee side, uh, Jameson Tyone, six innings, five hits, one and run, four strikeouts. He got the victory. Really good stuff out of Tyone. Not what I was expecting. Not this good, anyway. Um... He's definitely someone you can have rostered. And I didn't even mention it with Manoa, but he's obviously a Cy Young candidate. I th- maybe not obvious, but obvious to me that he's going to be a Cy Young candidate. Uh, one of the best pitchers. One of the best young pitchers I've ever seen pitch with the Blue Jays, honestly. He like he gives me Roy Halladay vibes. Um, he, I couldn't be more excited about Manoa. And fantasy managers, I'm sure, feel the same way. Let's talk about today's games. Let's move on to today's games. We have the Diamondbacks and the Marlins. That is the first game. It starts at 1240. Madison Baumgartner and Eliza Hernandez. Mad Bum has been vintage Mad Bum, so I have no problem deploying him here. Uh, Eliza Hernandez, I'd probably be a little bit more cautious. The Diamondbacks have had a couple of good offensive games in a row. I think they got five runs in each of their last two games, or at least five runs, anyway. They've done very well in these last couple of games. So, Eliza Hernandez has not been someone I've been very confident in this year. He hasn't performed very well, so I don't see any need to uh, to use an ad on him at this point. It could change down the line. I don't really expect it to. Uh, it's a decent matchup. It's a good matchup for sure, but I don't think I'm going to be too worried about using him there. Let's move on to the Cardinals and the Royals, and that's mostly just I know the matchup is very good, but but the way the Diamondbacks has been playing, the way he's been pitching, I'm just not really a fan of the move. Uh, okay, Cardinals and Royals. Adam Wainwright has been very good this year. Uh, he did have a bad outing last time, or not bad, really. He walked five, he gave up three earned runs against Arizona. It wasn't great. Hopefully we can get a bit of a better outing here against another fairly poor team. Uh, I feel fairly comfortable with Wainwright today. Chris Bubik on the other side, I'm going to be leaving alone. He's not worth the risk. Uh, Padres and Guardians. This is the first game of Padres and Guardians. Uh, one ten p.m. Eastern time. It's Mike Clevenger and Zach. Please, Zach. We already talked about this pitching matchup yesterday, and I'm not going to change my opinion on it. I think Clevenger is a little bit risky. He's not going to have too long of a leash today. Not really worth it if he's in your IL slot. Probably just leave him there if you can afford to, and see how things shake out in this start. Zach, please, Zach is not a recommended play. He's not a bad play. Um, not going to help you too much with strikeouts. He's kind of a toss-up here, but I'd probably lean towards he's not really going to be worth it here. Uh, Pirates and Tigers. This is the first game of their doubleheader. And this matchup has changed a little bit. We talked about Michael Pineda yesterday. Uh, Dylan Peters will be getting the start here for the Pirates. Uh, it will be an opening kind of situation, so it'll probably just be an inning or two. You don't need to worry about adding him. Michael Pineda is a decent stream option for today and probably one of the better ones available, I'd say. So if you want to go and add him here, uh, I'm not going to give you grief about it. Braves and Mets. It's Tyler McGill day for those who celebrate Ian Anderson, and Tyler McGill guys hoping for really good stuff out of McGill after he was not the sharpest, uh, last night, no, sorry, not the last time out. It was against Arizona. Last time out was that, was that no hitter, the combined no hitter for the Mets, which I didn't actually watch any of, unfortunately. Um, the fresh memory I have of him is the last Arizona start where he was pretty good. Um, he could be a little bit better maybe. And I think he just, when pitchers play against Arizona, you expect them to just destroy them. Arizona, the Reds, whoever, you're expecting greatness. So even mediocrity or just a good start there might not seem like enough sometimes. But he was perfectly fine. Uh, both of these guys are going to be all right to use today. Obviously, I feel more comfortable with McGill. Anderson is maybe a little bit more of a question mark because of how hot the Mets have been. Uh, I probably feel all right using both of them, though. Let's keep it going here. Uh, Matt Brash and Justin Verlander is the matchup for Seattle and Houston. This will probably tell us if Matt Brash is going to be in the major leagues throughout the season. If he gets roughed around, walks a bunch of guys, I could see him being sent down very easily. He's a risky play today. He's definitely a risky play. Uh, he's not looking as bright as he did a few weeks ago, for sure, with this control problem, with the, with the walk problems. It's really not been great. Justin Verlander, on the other side, has been fantastic. Early Cy Young candidate. Um, Not not much to say, really. It's a a great outing. It's a great opportunity for him here. So all systems go for Justin Verlander. The Rays and the Athletics, we have Corey Kluber and Frankie Montes. Both of them I'm pretty all right using here, honestly. I think it'll be a decent matchup for both of them. Not too much, really, to say. Uh, Montes I feel a bit more comfortable with, despite his ERA being quite a bit higher. Kluber, I just, I, I, I still think he's fine to use. I just don't have as much faith in Corey Kluber as I would have a couple of years ago, obviously. But he is coming off a very good start. So I don't have any problems starting both of these guys here. Uh, second Pirates and Tigers game. This one will be Jose Quintana going up against, um, what's that name, F- Faido? Uh, I saw the name. It's not, uh, it's, it's a strange one. Alex Faito, it's a major league debut. I don't know too much about the dude. Um, let me quickly take a look at him because this one was just announced uh, yesterday. I didn't really look at it too much. Decent numbers in the minor leagues. Um, yeah, decent numbers in the minor leagues. I'd say don't worry about him today because A, it's not a great team. He is pitching for. Uh, I don't. I don't know too much about him. I don't really play a lot of dynasty stuff. So minor league guys, I'm really not too familiar with most of the time. Uh, there are some guys, obviously, that I know about. Grayson Rodriguez, Nolan Gorman. The ma- the big names, I, I know. Uh, he's not one of those big names, so he's not someone I'm really familiar with. I'm going to pass on uh, Mr. Faiido. I think I'm pronouncing that right, Faiido. Uh, Let's move on to the next game. It's the second half of the doubleheader between the Padres and the Guardians. This one is a really nice pitching matchup. Mackenzie Gore and Cal Quantrill. This one should be quite a bit of fun. Gore, I would imagine, uh, would have a better outing going up against a weaker team here. But Quantrill's been fairly good this year. You just have to remember he's one of those not-massive-strikeout kind of guys. So if you're hoping for a bunch of strikeouts, you're probably not going to get it. Uh, I feel fairly safe with both of them. Obviously more comfortable with Gore. But I feel all right with Quantrill. It's it's a bit iffy. It's a bit iffy with Quantrill because of how well the Padres have been doing. But I think I would start him. Let's keep it going here. Uh, Martin Perez and Zach Wheeler will be pitching for the uh, the Rangers and the Phillies. Zach Wheeler needs to needs to turn it around here. This is a good opportunity for him, and he had a good start last time, despite walking four. But he can't keep doing this good start, bad start kind of thing. He had a couple of bad ones, a couple of good ones. Uh, he needs to be consistently the guy that you drafted fairly high in your drafts, right? He was, I don't know. ADP. Once the season starts, ADPs all go out out my ears, completely out the brain. He was being used. He's being drafted like in the third round, I think. Fourth round, maybe. He was definitely not performed up to where you want him to be. That's for sure. Nothing you can do with him other than just hold it out, right? A, a com- fairly common theme today. Those guys like Rodgers, like Morton, like Tyler Molly. You can trade him if you want, but you're going to get dirt value for what you paid. And it'll probably end up hurting you down the line. So I would hold on to these guys. Even I know it's it's been tough. It's been tough. I've been a, a Tyler Molly owner and advocate, and it's really hurt me. Wheeler's in the same kind of boat. He is coming off the good start. We'll hope that he can build on it here, um, but if he can't, it's going to be it's going to be interesting, right? Martin Perez, I'm not going to be too interested in today' uh, tough matchup. Not he's having an all right year, but not anything that's going to blow me away. Where I pick him up here for a road tilt in Philadelphia. Next game, Dylan Bundy and Kyle Bradish. So Bundy did get roughed up around uh, in his last start. Six earned runs against the Rays. He's still got through six innings and struck out seven guys. God bless him. But he's not someone who's going to have a ton of value for me. It's not a bad option here against the Orioles. But I don't really see him. I mean, if he's going to have another good outing, it will be here most likely. So it's not the worst play in the world. But he's not someone I'm overly confident in really in any start. So I'm probably going to be an overall pass on Dylan Bundy. Kyle Bradish had a pretty solid debut going six innings, only striking out two and taking the loss. But going six innings, I think he gave up uh two runs. Two earned runs. Yeah, three runs, two of them were earned. It's interesting deeper league grab. Probably not a great opportunity here against a good team, but interesting. An interesting deeper league. I'm probably I'm I'm probably I'm definitely leaving him alone in standard formats, but I would take a look in deeper formats and see who's on the waiver wire. Let's keep it going here. Angels and Red Sox, Reed Detmers and Garrett Whitlock. Whitlock has been really good. Uh, Detmers has not been very good, but the advice will be pretty similar for both of them. I'm not really going to be recommending either one as a play. Whitlock, I understand, taking the shot on him, but he's not really going to be someone I'm too interested in here. Detmers has been kind of rough to this point of the year. I uh, don't like the road matchup at Fenway particularly much, so we're going to be leaving him alone. Next game, Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Vladimir Gutierrez, who has been fairly awful this whole year. No need to add him. I think I don't need to tell you guys that. No need for it at all. Freddie Peralta on the other side. I'd like to see a bit more uh, of the good as opposed to the bad. Quite a mixed bag with these Brewers starters to this point. Corbin Burns has been very good. But Peralta, Woodruff, uh, Eric Lauer as well has actually been really good. But Peralta and Woodruff, a little bit iffy. The last couple outings have definitely been better for Peralta. Um, Last time out was against Pittsburgh, not a very good team. Now we get an even worse team in Cincinnati. So take advantage of this home game here. He'll be a great play tonight for DFS and, of course, in your season-long formats as well. The White Sox and the Cubs. This one has the potential to be a very interesting pitching matchup. Lucas Giolito and Kyle Hendricks. So Giolito, yes, absolutely a safe play today. Kyle Hendricks. Who knows with him? Seriously, he went seven shutout against the Pirates. I mean, it is the Pirates. Opened the year with a good start against Milwaukee. And flip it around. He's also had a terrible start against Milwaukee and a terrible start against Pittsburgh. So who who the hell knows with him? Seriously. He did great against one team. He did like you. I'm tripping over my words. I'm having one of my moments tripping over my words here because it's almost just flabbergasting how inconsistent Kyle Hendricks is. Uh, It's hard for me to say that he's a recommended play here just because you don't know. You never know what you're going to get out of him. There's no factors you can look at that'll accurately tell you what kind of day that Kyle Hendricks is going to have. Roughed around by Milwaukee and a great one against Milwaukee. Great one against Pittsburgh and a terrible one against Pittsburgh. You really it's it's there's no predictors here he's better at home definitely better at home so there is that going for him but i don't know that i'm going to be too confident using him here he's not a terrible excuse me he's not a terrible play but i'm not too too confident there either uh the nationals and the rockies we have patrick corbin and austin gomber not going to be terribly interested there patrick corbin uh I think we all know Patrick Corbin is not someone who's had a ton of fantasy success um, ever, really. But especially recently, he's not someone you're going to have to worry about adding today. Austin Gomber, similar story. I would leave them both alone. Last game of the evening is the Dodgers hosting San Francisco. Tony Gonsolin and Alex Wood. Really nice pitching matchup here. Uh, Both of them I feel safe using. Despite you know, a, it's a common theme with when we talk about these high-powered offenses. We will deploy these pitchers and feel pretty good about it, but at the same time, know that these offenses are capable of a massive explosion. So that is it for the uh, the recap and the look forward. We did try and do it a little bit quicker today, just because game started early. I would like to have the show out for you guys a little bit earlier than uh, a bit earlier than normal, perhaps today. Uh, but also be a little bit shorter as well. So let's take a look now at some of the more added players uh, on the waiver wire over these last uh, few hours. Pretty much today we're talking about the most added players today. So Corey Kluber has been uh, the most added guy today. That's ahead of the start at Oakland. He was about 50% rostered already, and now it's gone up a slight touch more. 56 percent he is a fairly safe play today he's one of the better options on the board today so no problem there uh andres jimenez i was talking on twitter about him yesterday i don't have a ton of faith rest of season in jimenez uh, but if you're adding him here it's a decent ad because he has a double header today so you get the two games out of him uh for most of the guys on san diego cleveland um, what's the other one detroit and pittsburgh a lot of them are going to play two games today. There will be guys like Miguel Cabrera who probably get one of those games off. Um, some of the older guys, some of the less mobile guys will probably have one of those two games off. But a guy like Jimenez should play both uh, halves of the doubleheader. So a fairly strong ad for today. Rest of the season, I'm not totally sold on him. Uh, Madison Bumgarner being added quite a bit. And he's only 37% rostered on Yahoo. I'd go pick him up, uh, use him today, a decent outing, and you or hoping for a decent outing. It's a decent matchup. And I think you could probably be all right holding him. Maybe not long term, but at least for now you can hold him. I don't think he should be on waiver wires. Uh, Ryan Helsley is still being added quite a bit. Yeah, we've talked about him. I like him. Uh, he hasn't pitched since a couple days ago when he got that two-inning save. But he's definitely someone who's going to have a high leverage role in that St. Louis bullpen. With Gallegos and his inconsistency, it could be sooner rather than later with Helsley getting the closer job. So he's an interesting ad. MJ Melendez, he made his debut yesterday. We talked about him. He had a base hit. He'll be in the lineup again today. Interesting ad for two catcher leagues and a deeper leagues. we already mentioned him. Uh, Juan Duran is also being added quite a bit. He's up to 27%. I like him as an ad. There's also Emilio Pagan over there who is going to be getting some saves But I'll take Duran. I like Duran's power. And I think that over the course of the season, he will eventually take over that uh, closer role. Uh, Eliza Hernandez also being added. I've already talked about him. It's a great matchup, so I understand it. But he hasn't really performed very well this year. So I'm not going to be really sold on picking him up. Uh, Dylan Bundy is also being added in some leagues. He was fairly highly rostered, about 63%. But he is being added ahead of the start with Baltimore today. I understand the ad. Um, but I would also advise caution because I just don't have a lot of faith in him. Rafael Montero is getting saves in Houston while Ryan Presley is out. I'm really not sure when Presley's coming back. He began uh, a rehab assignment on Monday in AAA, so it probably won't be too long. Uh, If you're in a really tight week for saves, then Montero might not be a bad option. If you have a, a, a lot of ads to use for the week, then you might be able to get a save or two out of him. Uh, those are those are the main guys being added here. Uh, Austin Gomber as well, but he's a little bit riskier here at home against Washington. Not really going to be advocating for that. Let's take a look at some of the drops. Uh, mostly, fairly common theme here. The guys who are being dropped a lot of the time are yesterday's starters who didn't fare very well. So Dakota Hudson, check. Ranger Suarez, check. Suarez I might hold on to and see another start out of him. But he gets the Mets next time I'm out. I'm not terribly confident. I'm, I'm probably holding Not as someone with no shares who was a big fan of his last year. I'm, I'm holding probably one or two more starts, and then I'm going to let him go. Uh, Tyler Molly is being dropped. I don't agree with the drop. I would hold for now. He will definitely be better than this. The ranking might not be pretty for a while, but he'll definitely be better than this. Uh, Paul Blackburn being dropped. I don't agree with that one. I think Paul Blackburn should be held on to. Obviously, if you're just looking at the Yahoo page or whatever page you use, four and a third innings in the ERA shows up at 6.23. Makes it look a lot worse than he actually was and he actually has been. So I'm not going to be worried about him yet. If you added him, I would hold and not really worry about it. Joe Adele has been sent down to AAA. He was struggling, but he wasn't doing terribly. I think it's just there's just too many outfielders over there between Ward and Trout and Otani and Marsh. Otani's more of a DH, yes, but it's another mouth to feed on the odd day when you want to give someone else a day off, someone else in the DH slot. You have to put Otani in the outfield. So, Very crowded outfield room, and I think I'm missing somebody over there too. So they sent down Joe Adele. That's unfortunate, but if you had him in your redraft leagues, uh, he's going to be a drop. Uh, Herman Marquez also being dropped, and Lutrovino. I don't have a problem really with either of them. Marquez, I probably would wait one more start because he gets Arizona. But I'll, I'm all right. I'm all right with holding him for one more. It's not It's not looking pretty. He's ranked outside the top 1,000, but I'm, I'm okay holding him for one more. Okay, guys, that's pretty much going to do it for us. <clears throat> Bit of a shorter show here today. Uh, we'll leave the DFS stuff strictly to the DFS Today podcast. Uh, which you guys can find. It'll be up posted shortly after this one, maybe an hour or so after this one. We'll get into more of a breakdown uh, over there on the DFS side. We'll be back here tomorrow with our guest. It'll be Brad Johnson. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Brad Johnson uh, from NBC Sports Edge. He's on Twitter at Baseball A-Team. You guys probably have seen him. He's quite a prolific tweeter. Um, Yeah, he's known for being part of NBC Sports Edge and Baseball A-Team. So we'll be talking with him tomorrow about some buy low, sell high stuff. Well, I'll be talking with him today, actually, and we'll be putting it into the show tomorrow. Um, so make sure you tune in there. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, always good to have a guest on, even though it's a day late this week. It's still good to have somebody on. Uh, thank you for, for listening again. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Orrico 99 That's at J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. You'll get the links to my show. You'll get different tweets, different threads, different stuff, random thoughts. Show some support over there. <clears throat> and show some support at the bottom of the page uh, of your podcasting app, whatever it is. Leave us a five-star review, a nice rating, whatever it is. Help us move up search results. helps us to grow here. And if you've been a fan of mine, fan of the show, it's an easy way for you to help out without really having to do anything. So we'll see you again tomorrow. I'm talking with Brad. And we'll try and get it to you as early as possible tomorrow so you have as much time to listen before games start. Everybody take care, and we will see you back tomorrow. Cheers.